Hey guys, and welcome to the podcast where we talk to some of the world's most exciting founders and entrepreneurs about how they started and grew and scaled their businesses. Expect three parts actionable advice, two parts startup stories, and one amazing giveaway every single episode. As I said, we do have a giveaway at the end of every episode, so stay tuned to find out how you could win. Let's get into it. Hi guys, welcome to episode one. In this episode, Shweb and I are going to be talking about some of the biggest lessons that we've learned producing multiple six figures in revenue and millions of views for our clients through personal branding this year. Shweb, how about the studio? It's really nice. Good, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's bougie. We're moving up in the world, you know. This will be the first podcast I've done that's not in my room with a shitty mic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and actually has decent production value. So I'm excited for it. Huge shout out to the Cube for this. Um, that's Q with a Q in London. It's one of those places where like you want to shout about it because it's so cool, but I don't want anyone else to know about it. <laughs> that little gem. <laughs> I don't want people to come here. I want to be the only one that, that uses it. But no, it's nice. It's really nice. And I guess one of the reasons why you joined us. <laughs> oh, this the was promise. it. This was it. <laughs> I'm here now. I've done it. The I've promise done everything I wanted. Jesus. Yeah, you better not leave now, though. <laughs> no, I don't I'm know stuck. how I'd replace you. <laughs> no, but it's good. Um, and yeah, hopefully one of the things that pulled you here rather than one of the probably one of the biggest companies in the world grad scheme yeah um for the listeners that don't know i managed to get Schwab to join which i'm very proud of <laughs> he's been absolutely smashing it since he joined officially in august wasn't it yeah kind of august unofficially the august the 9th yeah unofficially for the last couple of months but yeah, yeah you've been working alongside me doing a lot of the content for, for the clients and the partners that we work with which has been amazing um but yeah, what were the reasons you joined us rather than probably one of the, the biggest companies in the world? Yeah, I mean, there was two very like different opportunities there. Yeah. There was a small startup, fast-paced growth, compared to a very kind of corporate grad scheme and a very established company. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest, it was like a difficult decision. I was weighing up both sides. And I think ultimately it was the flexibility. It was the opportunity for like rapid growth, getting straight into things. And not being kind of another cog in the wheel, but actually be a heading, the direction of a business. Yeah, I think that's a, a huge thing with startups, isn't it? You can very quickly kind of rise through your ranks and actually have a say rather than, as you said, just getting lost in, in a huge, huge company where there's probably going to be like 30, 40 other people at your level. That was it, yeah. And also there's more freedom, I think, creative freedom with the role itself and the direction that we take the business. It's not kind of a prescriptive set of tasks or you know responsibilities and we kind of stick to that it's a bit more open provides that opportunity yeah yeah i mean i remember having the conversation with you about you know I, when i hired you for me it was it was less of a debate hiring you you know i wasn't weighing up i was kind of like after the, the few months we had together where you're doing bits of part-time i was like right this guy's got to be on the team so um it was a fairly easy decision for me but i remember saying to you that i really want you to kind of come on board and not just repeat tasks and not just be yeah. a, a task completer, but actually like drive the business forward and, and take responsibility for your role. So yeah, I think that's hugely important for like anyone who just joins a startup. We've said it to the, the new hire we've just made as well, Ellie. We've got to have those people. So yeah, how's the flexibility been? Is it, because obviously a lot of people kind of thrive on on having a routine, but yeah, done, done quite well. I think I still people. have my routine, but it's a bit more kind of, it's around my schedule and what I want to do 
kind of outside of working hours as well. Yeah. But yeah, you've got to have a bit of a routine. Yeah. Just something, you know, <laughs> so gives you some structure and order to the day. Yeah, get like a, a framework in place essentially, isn't it? Yeah, but it's great that we have the opportunity to kind of, uh, you know, if something comes up, we can move move things around. Yeah. Um, also being remote, there's an advantage as well of, of not having to go into an office yeah. and have in-person meetings. We, we're both quite flexible. I think well, the hybrid model suits us quite well, doesn't it? And to be honest, I don't actually care when you complete the work. Yeah. Like we've got the people in the team that like Lewis works, he works best at midnight <laughs> and, and I'm totally fine with that. You know, I, I think it's ridiculous that people are kind of pigeonholed into nine to fives when they work better other hours. Are you a morning or evening person? I'd say morning. I think yeah. my peak is like just after lunch. Really? When I'm refueled, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Got to get no, I'm like super early morning like seven till nine is is where i get most of my stuff done so awesome but yeah some of the work you've been doing over the last few months has obviously been amazing results that we've been producing and, and you've been getting through your content we've helped clients raise millions had two clients yep. both raise over a million um or sell for over a million we've had how many five million views plus yeah across accounts in in just 2021 alone um, multiple six figures in revenue produced some clients featuring in top publications so having generated some some of those amazing results that i mentioned what's you know how do you do it what's your process like for actually creating the content yeah i think definitely the, the first time you write an idea down it's definitely not what you're going to end up with by the end of it um i always do like to as soon as an idea comes down straight on paper because then i can visualize it how it will read and then constantly going through making those edits I first focus on the idea really so what's the uh, messaging behind it what's the concept and then I focus on how are we delivering that are we using kind of storytelling um is there a particular um kind of idea or anecdote we're going to use um and I kind of weave in messaging through that yeah do you are you one of those people that gets ideas at like the weirdest times yes yeah 100% (laughs) Mine are normally in bed. I've got yeah. notes folded on my phone and they're all in there. I'm just <laughs> waiting <laughs> to, you know, action them. Yeah, I'm the same. I normally like switch my phone off when I go to bed, but then turn it on like three more times to write down ideas. That's it. That's, it. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned from, from creating the content, generating these results and, and from your process? Yeah, ooh, that's a good question. Um, I'd say my, my biggest one is learning through trial and execution. So really kind of you're only actually able to fully understand what is working and what content resonates when you've collected enough data on that audience. Mm. So for me, it's about putting stuff out there, even if it's not fully perfect, it's being able to kind of see the reception and how that content has been received. And based on that, you can always optimize and make, you know, tweak and make a few adjustments here and there to really capture um, the brand and really resonate with your audience. Yeah, I think what you'll find there is when people start to implement that is that you'll get kind of the quantitative data obviously that people talk yeah, about a lot and speaking it. about the stats and, and getting kind of metrics from that but there'll also be a lot of qualitative data that you can use as well in terms of what people are commenting on your content and the messages you receive off the back of it. You might have questions that people are asking as a result of your post. You might have comments that that post was particularly good and you know which messaging is starting to resonate but you're not going to find that out if you essentially don't put out content in the first place and don't start getting your message out there yeah exactly and also that's a great kind of source for new content ideas 
seeing what what, what the conversation that people are having around the content that you put out that usually is kind of my the next set of content i create around that as well listening to your audience yeah reacting to what they want essentially yeah awesome awesome any other lessons that you've learned that you think are particularly prominent or or have been most powerful in, in terms of actually getting those results um, I think for me, consuming really good content massively helps. Mm. So looking at kind of leading figures in the industry, what kind of content are they putting out? Um, and I think the more you consume good content, the more you pick up on all the little tricks here and there that you can use and amplify your own kind of reach and, and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Active consumption, isn't it? You're not just kind of scrolling through passively, but actually looking out for structures of content and, and topics that people are talking about that are resonating with other people, you can get a lot of insight from that. Yeah, definitely. There's also an element of reactivity there as well. Um, not just looking at content, you know, from a blog published two years ago, how to write great content, but actually looking at things that are trending, what's happening in the industry, monitoring social conversations. I think that that's a great way to really... Yeah, yeah. being topical. We've seen it perform time and time again, being topical, particularly if you can get to a conversation before a lot of other people do, or you can offer an angle or a view on that topic that no one else is offering. We've seen time and time again that that's, that stands out, that gets you noticed. Yeah, 100%. What about you? What about um, what are your biggest lessons? I think from in terms of actually writing the content itself and the structure of, of the content, um, obviously my background is in copywriting and I'm a bit of a yeah. nerd about, about <laughs> all of the copy. But one of the biggest things that I've seen in terms of which posts perform, what distinguishes them from posts that don't, is a structure. It's a really simple three-step structure, really. Mm-hmm. And it is just hook, deliver, summarize. People talk about things like headline, body, CTA, and it kind of follows that model, but it's a little bit more specific. So the first part, hook, just grab people's attention with the first line, the first couple of lines. If you think about what people are doing when they're scrolling social media or, or scrolling LinkedIn, whatever social it might be. Normally it is quite passive and they're not kind of looking out for your post in particular. No one goes to a social media site to consume one person's content. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. They're looking for quick wins. They're trying to get um, little bits of insight, little snapshots of knowledge that they can take away quickly. And you've really got to account for that. You can't just expect people to read your whole post if you don't hook them in the first place. So that kind of first line, first two lines, maybe the first three lines at a push has really got to be a strong hook. Give people a reason to consume your content. So you give them a reason to to read on, to click that see more button and and essentially offer you their attention um, because it's, it's scarce in the modern yeah. world. So you've got to grab it. After that, really, really important that you back your hook up with delivering. If you hook well and then don't deliver, it becomes clickbait. And what you're going to do very quickly is piss a lot of people off <laughs> because you're promising great content, but then you're not delivering on it. People are going to start to kind of clock onto that and, and you're going to, essentially you're going to get bad reputation. You're going to build like a negative brand essentially rather than having a positive one, rather than shaping your, your reputation positively. So really important that you actually hook on that and do that as simply as possible. So many people overcomplicate and don't basically include a shit ton of jargon um, use highly technical terms in attempt to sound clever. Yeah, yeah. It but actually, <laughs> yeah, see it so much. But actually, I think what requires more intellect is kind of taking quite a complex idea and boiling it down to really simple terms. 
yeah. and communicating it so that anyone can consume it. There's a saying actually that um, I can't remember who it's from, but it's that if you can't explain something simply, you don't understand it well enough. So yeah, really focus on delivering your message simply and clearly for your, for your audience. And then finally, it's finishing with a summary. Typically, people historically have finished with CTAs and questions, which I think is still effective. Um, they have their place. But what I've found to be really, really effective is finishing with a summary of what you said. It's almost like the, the too long didn't read section. Just two, maybe three lines where you sum up the message of the post really succinctly. I think that's, you know, you're doing the work for people, right? People are lazy. You're giving them everything they need in, in the delivery. But then you just sum it up really succinctly and it kind of gives them the the takeaway, if you like, the take-home message or the yeah. the aha moment. So I think I've seen that time and time again performing really well. I use it a lot myself in, in terms of my own content and I've got pretty good results from it. So that's one of my biggest takeaways. Um, how about you? Any others that you have? Yeah, I think actually very similar to what you've just said is audiences love detail but only when you communicate it in a very simple easy to digest way and um, like you said about your kind of simple structure model that's such a succinct way of delivering messaging i've noticed that you know you, you can say the same thing um and you can spend either a thousand words saying it or 50 words saying it and you know it also relates to the attention span there's so much content especially on, on social media you know people are getting messaging from every angle so it's how can you make your stand out in a way that is actually really easy to digest and consume. It doesn't you know, take time away from, from the reader or the consumer. Um, so yeah, I definitely, one of my actual tips is quite a practical one, is to just cut words ruthlessly. Um, you want to make sure everything you say, if there's any filler words in there or any waffle, just cut it down to the bare bones of the argument. And usually, like you said, in the summary line, the short, the summary, summary line and the, you know, the snappier the content is, usually it hits and resonates more. Yeah, I love that. I think it's Harry Dry that says half the words, twice the examples. That's it, I yeah. really like that. And yeah, to your point, just cut words ruthlessly. I To get the hang of this, I did this as well. I encourage anyone listening that's struggling to do this. Write your post and then reread it kind of three, four, five times mm -hmm. and each time cut words that aren't needed. And just, yeah, as you said, you've got to be so ruthless with it Yeah, because people will be ruthless with you if you're not. Absolutely. And also, I think with the edit process, I like to go back maybe a few hours later, obviously, if I have more time, maybe a day or two, because you're just reading things with a fresh mindset and you, you notice a few words that don't actually sound right or another opportunity to cut something down. I think that massively helps. Yeah, yeah, hugely. I think Headspace is, is hugely underrated in terms of mm -hmm. producing content, not the app, I think the actual concept of having space just to think and not not kind of being always on, but actually just leaving yourself time to kind of mull over your thoughts and, and really think about what you want to share. It's going to help you distill those thoughts into something that's, that's a lot clearer and a lot easier to communicate. Yeah, 100%. Um, would you say you have any others, any other lessons that we haven't mentioned already? Yeah, I think the final one for me, again, something that I've spotted not just in our own clients, but also in a lot of other people that are, are doing well with their personal brand and succeeding is that you can't just write compellingly you have to actually be compelling the same with being interesting or engaging or an expert you can't just write like you are these things the best personal brands are compelling they are interesting they are engaging they are up to scratch with their industry they're kind of living and breathing it right they're not just 
writing for LinkedIn, but they're they're kind of all over the industry. They know it inside out. They're constantly monitoring trends. They know what's happening. Um, they're they're kind of they're doing great work, right? They're not just talking; they're actually doing as well. I think once you do that, the the ideas will present themselves, and those ideas are a lot more likely to essentially get get larger reach, get larger traction, and position you as an authority because people want to see proof of of your work. They want to see you in action, essentially. So, one of the best pieces of advice I have for actually being compelling and starting to position yourself as a leader in your industry is being that person. Don't just try and write like you are. Yeah. Be that person. No, don't make it a, a facade on social media or in digital media. Become that person. The opportunities will present themselves. And, and what you'll find is that the content is a lot more engaging. For example, us kind of doing a podcast like this, um, getting results from the podcast, sharing those results with people, documenting the process of recording it, is going to get a lot more views and a lot more traction than if I go home now and and do a post saying top seven tips for recording a podcast. Yeah. You know, it's much better if you actually experience the thing and then document it. Mm-hmm. You'll find the results going to be a, a lot stronger. So I think that's probably my, my last one and our fifth one. I think that's five lessons, isn't it, that we've yep, wrapped up that's it. in in pretty good time. So um, no, it's been it's been amazing this year generating results we have and and really guys these are the top lessons that we've learned from our results and um, if you want to cut out a lot of the time a lot of the trial and error a lot of the struggle from producing content do take away these lessons do take away what what Shweb and I have shared because it's going to save you a lot of that and ideally it's going to start to position you as a leader in your industry start to to grow the awareness you have around yourself and and ultimately start getting you some business through the door which is always important whether that's through clients or through customers or through investors. This stuff really does have commercial value as well. So um, do take it away. This guy lives and breathes content. He spends an awful lot of time creating it. A lot of time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I hope he enjoys it though. Um, So yeah, take these messages away and, and I hope they help. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Hi guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. What we want to do for this episode is give away some of the content templates and structures that Shoaib and I have used to generate results like the ones we've spoken to today. We've got over 50 of them that are all plug and play, so all you've got to do is put your own information and advice into the structures. Really easy for you to create really high quality posts that are going to get you seen and going to get you clients. Some of the structures we've used to get all the amazing results that we've spoken about and something that we usually just keep for private clients of ours, but we're going to give them away to one lucky winner of this little giveaway competition. All you've got to do to be in chance of winning this is leave us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast provider. Take a screenshot of it and ping it over to me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm Sam G. Winsbury on LinkedIn. I'll leave a link to that in the show notes as well. We'll pick one winner at random to give these content templates to. Really, really useful, literally plug and play. So guaranteed to generate results for you. We really want to reach and help out as many people as possible with this podcast. So if you did enjoy today's episode, please do share with just one friend or on your social media. It takes literally 30 seconds for you to do, but makes such a massive difference to the podcast, the guests we can get on, and the amount of valuable information we can continue to provide for you. For behind the scenes and extra content, make sure you're following Corogo and the team across socials. I'll leave all of our links in the show notes. Take care.